Sit right down and I'll show you where my dreams began. I'm Michael Dugan, your culinary host, guiding you through the chef's journey. Join me at the chef's table where you'll experience stories, secret sauces, signature dishes, and kitchen disasters. Stay tuned for part one. In this episode, we'll explore with Victoria Feldman the top things to do in Canterbury, England, what led her to opening a healthy baking cooking school, and what it's like to be a student at Victoria's school. In 2014, Victoria decided to share her passion for food with others and opened Canterbury Baking School, where she teaches everyone from beginners to head chefs, and she has a true passion for sourdough and healthy cooking. Victoria, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited that you're here. You're coming all the way from London, England, and I'm here in Seattle, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, I live outside London. I am a Londoner. I was born okay. in London, but we we live in Canterbury, which is by car, an hour and a half from London. So we're frequent oh, okay. visitors. I see. And what is Canterbury like? Uh, Canterbury is a cathedral city. Yeah, it's quite pretty, maybe a little bit quaint in places. We have a lot of nice restaurants. We live just outside the city in the countryside, a little converted Wesleyan chapel built in 1822. (laughs) See, now I had no idea and I don't think our listeners would would know either. So that's really interesting. So it's it's a cathedral city. Yeah. And how did you end up there? I have quite a few kids and we just needed some more space and um, it costs so much less to live outside of London. You can get more for your money. I see. That makes sense. Yeah, no, we love it now and we love that we can visit London when we need to. And so kind of understanding a little bit about where you came from, can you Can you tell us kind of what led you to this direction to starting a a baking school? Like, did it start at an early age? Did it start? When when did that happen? When did that transition happen? Well, it was interesting. Um, I trained to be a teacher, but I taught ceramics. That was the thing that I was really interested in then. And then I sort of developed different areas of education and I went through working in schools and um, doing education for the government and training. So I already had that ability to be able to teach other people skills. I also had the opportunity, oh gosh, 25 years ago, or maybe a little bit more even. um, I had the opportunity to train under an Italian master chef in Germany. I learned really from the bottom up. And his passion was really um, to make healthy food, especially my area that I had to concentrate on more was the bread. That's really where my desire for sharing these skills that I had learned later on came from. 
and my foundation was quite a solid one and a yeah. thorough one. That's really great. I mean, I think being mentored by someone that really, you know, has been, it's their lifelong commitment, an apprenticeship, a mentorship. I think it's really important. You know, there's a lot of people that don't get that opportunity. So it's really great that you did get that opportunity. I personally, I went to cooking school and and then I was mentored along the way. And I spent about 10 years in the restaurant business, but uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was grueling. It was tough, but I absolutely loved it. So it was, we call it a love hate and, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that you do because it's your real passion. So, but I love the idea of ceramics because my mom is an artist and yeah. that's, you know, my wife shared with me that I'm an artist because I cook, you know, and I study to be a chef. I never thought of myself as an artist because I can't draw. I huh. cannot draw and my handwriting is horrible, but I can cook and I can create. So it's so interesting that ceramics to baking, you know, to your baking school, that that's, that's fascinating, but also the healthy edge. But I also believe you're ve- vegan. Is that correct? Um, I'm not a hundred percent. I not have 100%. been, okay. but I've been vegetarian probably vegetarian. since the age of 18. And wow. um, that's really all I know how to cook. And then. Okay. I have also um, been involved in developing plant-based food menus and, again, looking at the health aspects as well because I personally believe that a vegan diet is healthy but you need to be able to balance your Mm. food and make sure you have everything you need. So you have to work a little bit harder. Vegetarian is much easier. Oh, I see. For vegetarian, for that style, how did you how did you start? Like what was the origin of you becoming vegetarian? I think as a child I didn't like meat oh. and um and then as I got a little older I didn't like the idea of killing animals and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to try and eat food that didn't have meat in it. And um, when I got older, it was much easier for me to do this. So I took myself to um, learn how to make vegetarian food. Wow! And this is going back a long time. I then, I'm a little bit compulsive about if I do anything, I've got to really do it well. So I started buying books and we didn't have the sure. internet then and, and just yeah. learning and um, just trying to to understand how to make it delicious and tasty. And, yeah, it built from there, really. And um, also when I was training, we were doing plant-based food as well. And that was something else that was interesting as well as vegetarian because we were working um, with pizzerias and we were working in something called a reform reform shop, which is like a health food shop and and working with whole grains. Never heard of that. Which is, well, this is something I do at the school. So what I've done is I've really taken what I have learned and that I then offer this experience to the students or the chefs or bakers that come to my school to just 
get an understanding of how to make something really from scratch, how to be more simple in their way of preparing food. So um, when I was training, we would mill our own grains and we would use heritage grains. And this is something I replicate at the school. So understanding a little bit the science behind why we do it, the reasons for doing it, and the health benefits and the effect it has on your taste buds and and the bread and whatever you're making is just amazing and it's full of life because it's just so healthy for you. Yes, that that sounds like a hidden secret to me. <laughs> you know, that was one of the underlying curiosities and questions I had for you. Is oh, I've, I've jumped the gun a bit. <laughs> no, the healthy baking. I, it was in the back of my mind. It's like, how do you create such healthy baking? And and you just answered the question. That's that's what most people want to know. But you were fortunate in that growing up and turning to vegetarian, to being a vegetarian, I mean, you learned a life habit early on that most of us have to break that habit. And that's hard. You know, I grew up with European cooking and cream sauces and, Mm. and all kinds of meat and chicken and, and all these different foods. And, and it's hard still for me to break it. My wife does a much better job than I do, but she keeps me in line, which I'm (laughs) so grateful for. So the next thing would be, what inspired you to move from teaching and risk it all and open a baking school? <laughs> okay. So I I just thought about what I could do that I would really have a passion for. And it always felt that the work I did was I could never quite be myself and uh-huh. and give everything that I wanted to give to people because I was always working for somebody else. And, um, yeah, I think it was my husband. He said, well, well, why don't you just put together the skills you have and do something you love? And That's wonderful. You know, if it doesn't work, it you just do something else or go back to teaching. I, I almost, they kept the job open for me. Um, so, uh-huh. yeah, I, I just thought, let's go for it. And and it was a learning curve for me yeah. because I'm not a natural businesswoman. I believe okay. that I'm very good at what I do. So you could say I have a very good product, and the combination of being a teacher and an inspector and understanding really how to help people learn the, in the correct way and then having also the ability to be able to make the foods, putting the two together, I thought this is going to be success and um, rather yeah, I was rather naive because um, I really went for it. And I didn't realize that at that time, my passion took over, that you needed to have 
a good foundation also of business skills. You need technical skills. You need to be able to market. You need to let people know you're there. And um, this I liked. And um, I think it was also quite expensive in as much as you do put money into a business. And for the first couple of years, we did not get really any money back from the business. And um, it was a learning curve, but I just carried on. And then I turned the corner and... um, yeah, something now I can look back on <laughs> and um, just be grateful that I've come through it and that I didn't give up. Receive $10 off your next purchase with Voices for Chefs 10. You don't know what to make for dinner again? You want to explore new cuisines, but you don't have time? What if you have new inspirations and we provide you with the ingredients and recipes? We know you want to travel, learn new foods, explore the world, but life's responsibilities keep getting in your way. What if you can bring those experiences to your home neatly packed into a box? Lady Boot Collective is a subscription service that finds real people from around the world to create beautifully curated assortments of recipes, ingredients, and cultural content. Not only do we include cultural ingredients, but also a set of detailed recipe cards with instructions on how to use them. Each box also has a QR code that when scanned takes you to tons more global exploration to immerse yourself in. Everything from film to lifestyle, art to history, it all can be found here. Live your life to the fullest. Subscribe now and don't miss out on the next cultural adventure. Lady Boot Collective. Always exploring. Yeah, that's, you know, for me, even as a podcaster, it's something where my real passion and purpose is there, but it takes a lot of work. And it does. It were, it, there was a time I was going to give up. And then, you know, I just, I decided, nope, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I really want to share these stories with the world. And to learn from your mistakes as well, mm-hmm. like, you know, especially the business, that side of it. And, um, yeah, I have um, got a little team now and um, I delegate. I give sure. that side to someone else, but I have also learned myself what needs to be done so I can direct the people that work for me and um, have control of the business. So that has helped me a great deal. As a student, what would I experience in your classes? I would say a lot of people find that they have fun, <laughs> um, which is always very nice. So we, we do keep it light. You would firstly mill your flour before you start. So you would have the option to possibly mill two different grains and make two batches of dough, depending on, on what you're making. And so everything is made very much from scratch. Whatever you do, you would start with your grains and you would end up with the finished product. So you would go through all the stages of making, for instance, sourdough bread or artisan bread or pasta. You would also eat the food as well and have enough to take home with recipes. So it's a whole experience. We do sourdough over two days and we do our other workshops over one day. The training for bakers 
is really um, a month to a week, depending on, you know, we tailor make it to suit the needs of the people that come to the school. So we have a lot of people who come just for a day class, Mm -hmm. uh, or we have um, bakers who are training for a month. So, yeah, it's a variety, which I love. We also. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking mm-hmm. that you'd be training a baker. That's that's incredible. Yeah, wow. that, that's also very very nice. And and okay. I have I I am so lucky. I have such lovely people that come to the baking school. So I, okay, it, so here wonderful. is the question: <laughs> the people that come to the baking school, who is your favorite student? Oh, that's really hard to say. Oh, really, okay. Really, really hard. But I have had... How about the qualities of a good student? Okay. Well, I can just say that I had a young woman who came from Michigan, I think, Detroit. Oh. Yeah. And Michigan, she, yeah. Yeah, she came for a month. And, uh, I mean, she something about her was so encouraging for me because everything I showed her to do she did with such expertise and something I am very passionate about is attention to detail and she had that attention and it was just a joy for me to see somebody learn so quickly and develop so fast so um, not, I wouldn't say she was my best student because I enjoy nearly all of them. But um, she was here late summer with me um, last year. And, um, yeah, I, I miss her. She was so, so good that I think um, she does stand out for me as as just a joy. <laughs> so that that was a lovely experience. So tell us a little bit about your experience in Clubhouse. How long have you been on Clubhouse <laughs> and and what's it been like? Who have you met? What what kind of things are you up to on Clubhouse? Okay, so uh I suppose for about February-ish. So okay. um almost a year, I think. T- time goes very fast. Oh, it yeah. was during lockdown and I thought, okay, I need some help with my business. How can I learn more? And somebody introduced me to Clubhouse. And so the rooms that I went into were rooms about how to market your business, how to use Instagram. That's sort of finding that professional way forward, which I knew that I I lacked, and um, it was very interesting. I went into various rooms, and I went into one room, and I met this man called Jason Hodge. And oh, Jason! Yeah, he just took time with me, and he explained things. And I had a few dilemmas, uh-huh. and he directed me. And yeah. everything he said, I tried to that you know, was relevant, I tried to implement. And it is because of him that I have employed two um, members of staff who work for me. And it's just been so nice. And I think for him, it was also nice because a lot of people give up a lot of time on Clubhouse. 
And I actually listened to everything he told me to do. And um, it's been really rewarding because he's seen my business grow. And it has been really through, through his help. So this was the first one. And then I thought, oh, I wonder if there are any foodies <laughs> oh, on boy. this platform. And right. um, I then came in contact with a group called Culinary Cousins. Oh, okay. And they are in Alabama, sort of San Francisco and... Oh, I'm I'm not, but they're mostly in the USA. In the US, yeah, yeah, and oh, they are lovely. I have been just so welcome in this group. They have been just so, yeah. So they're a very vibrant group, um, and it's a very different way they run their clubhouse, but okay. it, it's a lot of of talking and just supporting, and then from there. I thought I'm going to search a little bit further and see if I can find anybody who talks about a passion of mine, which is gut health. And lo and behold, I found food is religion. And on there was a Dr. Bihal, and he spoke about gut health. And I was in the audience, and I put my hand up and he was talking about fermentation and I said, Hey, I make sourdough and I have a school and I teach people. I've been doing this for many years to make sourdough. Yeah. And, um, and that was my introduction and chef Mimi was on there and I didn't realize it was even her room, but yeah, yeah I was listening and I would join every week and hear him talking and I would and also during this time I was doing a lot of research myself just trying to learn more too and um and after a little while that chef Mimi was saying you should do a room on sourdough and and that's when I started I did this room um on sourdough and now I'm doing two rooms with them for them and she said to me hey is there anyone you'd like to work co-mod with you and I thought about Jason Hodge I knew you were gonna <laughs> say Jason there we yeah. go so I am really really happy I do these two rooms um with Jason and there are mm-hmm. other doctors we've got Dr. Rashmid who's actually a plant-based doctor herself and yeah it's grown from there so my, I've moved away a little bit now from the business rooms. I'm, I'm just sort of very involved in this food is religion. My culinary oh, yeah. cousins, I just love to join them. And also, it's quite unique that um, this food is religion on Clubhouse um, is like a community. And you also it really feel, is. Yeah, yeah. And Chef I'm, Mimi. I'm there. I'm there with Chef Mimi. She's a good friend of mine. And, you know, she helped me. How can I say this? I keep giving her a shout out on the podcast, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) She's become a great friend. She's become an inspiration. She's probably one of the reasons I haven't quit podcasting because I felt so connected and so inspired. And we're doing things together, you know, Um, right now we're doing a pre-recording of the podcast, but right now on Saturday, we're doing a cook-along. 
Oh, yes, yeah, she asked MC me. If, with her. Yeah, if I do something on, on that as well. Oh, yeah, you should. It's going to be fun. No, so, so you meet these precious people. I know. And I must say, you know, it, it's just a joy. Um, and yeah, it's grown from there, really. And I like to support the group as much as I can as they support me. So um, I think, yeah, I think that's sort of been my journey. I've been in and out of other rooms and and done a few talks for for other um, clubs. But I think food is religion and my culinary cousins at the moment are my, yeah, special groups. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So as we go along, um, take us back to Canterbury and what top three things would you do if you were visiting Canterbury? I suppose you'd go to the cathedral because it's just full of history. We got a yeah. black knight buried there and and also yes. very near we have Dover Castle. Um, oh. So even though that's Dover, it's it's next door. Um, okay. Yeah, and Canterbury has quite a few nice restaurants, and it is or was a walled city, so there are some remains. And yeah, it's. I think it's just nice to to walk around, and we have some nice gardens. Yeah, it's it's quite a nice a nice place to live, and it's very accessible to lots of places too. So. Yes, pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Victoria, I just want to thank you. I really appreciate spending time with you and in, in this conversation. Really appreciate you coming on our show today. Oh, thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure and it's been, yeah, I really enjoyed chatting. It, it's um, time's flown by. And yeah. Yeah, thank you. you. You made it very comfortable and yeah, your questions were, were really good. And um, if anybody has any little questions or problems with their bread or sourdough, etc., they can always send me um, a little message. And if I can help, I'm happy to, to guide them on their, on their journey. Continue along with us in part two with Victoria, the owner of the Canterbury Baking School and learn why she is so passionate about baking, cooking, healthy eating, and sourdough, and also how she has been surviving the pandemic. Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Facebook. Find our website in the show notes. Subscribe on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. Leave a comment with five stars, and stay tuned for the next episode of Voice for Chefs.